4: Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
3: We're reviewing week two, looking forward to week three and helping you to manage your fantasy teams on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at Rotoviz. This is Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by my bookie, Squad QL and fantasymath.com. I'm joined by Matthew Friedman, editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network. We now have two weeks under our belt. Lot of surprising things happening in the NFL landscape. What's up, Matt?
1: Uh, not much. Just uh getting through it. We are into week three. It is the last of the the weeks with no buys. Uh, so just you know, trying to slug through it.
3: Yeah, that is crazy how quickly those weeks do sneak up on us. So we're gonna hit through things in the same fashion that we did last week. And just a reminder that Matt and I are recording this during the Monday night game, so we may have some commentary on that. But anything major that happens in that, we will likely be unaware of. So the Little Lebowski urban overachievers of the week—they're
4: the Little Lebowski urban achievers.
3: We have Corey Clement with 19.5 PPR points, just 30 rush yards, but found the end zone, also had five receptions for 55 yards. The caveat here is that Jay Ajayi missed the entire first half, but Matt, is there value to be had here? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so, um, because I think he's sort of the dual handcuff to um, both Darren Sproles and Jay Ajayi. Um, but unlike both of them, I think he has a three down skill set. I mean, I think Ajayi does too, but they just don't really use him in that way. But they do use Clement as a pass catcher. So uh yeah. Um, you know, Sprolls was absent last week, so Clement was, I think, going to get a decent amount of run anyway. Uh and then yep. that was just magnified with the uh the injury to J. Ajayi in the middle of the game. So yeah, right. I, I definitely think there's value there.
3: Me too. And I think the other thing to note is that with Alshon Jeffrey there already are injury concerns. Mike Wallace, I believe it was a fractured, uh, I forget what it was, but it was a bone in his leg. So they're already, uh, you know, in some injury, uh, or have injury concerns. Now, granted, some of those are at wide receiver, but a guy like, uh, Clement here, uh, definitely could find his way into some work. So another thing to, uh, just keep in mind there. Jesse James, 25 points. On Sunday, five targets, turned those into five receptions, 138 yards and one touchdown, had a long reception too of 46 yards in this game. Are you buying James going forward or do you think this was kind of his fluke, uh, to start the season?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not really buying it. Um, but he's, he's done better both weeks than I thought he would. And we don't really know what to expect from Vance McDonald. And like one thing on, on Jesse James, like he's been in the league for a while now, but sometimes it just takes tight ends a while to develop. And he was like 21 when he entered the league. He was a, a fifth round or so kind of like outside of that area where you are looking for a guy who like has kind of like quote unquote legit NFL potential but uh, as someone who, you know, was young, uh, you know, maybe just took him a little bit longer to develop and, you know, maybe if he had stayed in college an extra year, uh, he would have had higher draft pedigree when he entered the league. So, I mean, he's he's someone I don't think we can completely dismiss, but I'm not really excited by him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I think that He's the type of guy, if you need a tight end, it probably makes more sense to go for him than other guys that are on the wire at this point, but it's not the type of situation where you need to make him a priority. Or if you do have a guy that you're okay with leaving your lineup week to week at tight end, I don't think that you need to drop them just to replace them with James. Yeah. Another just, exciting... Just to add something oh, yeah. to that. Uh, yep.
1: if, if I'm in a situation where I have to add James, I'm feeling pretty bad about my tight end position.
3: Okay. that That's fair. Yeah. Um, I, I will question this to you though. How many tight ends are there currently that you would feel better about having on a week to week basis? You don't have to name them, but just sure. give us a ballpark figure. Uh twelve to fourteen. Twelve to fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I mean I think I'm probably in relatively the same range as well.
1: I mean maybe more. But I mean twelve to fourteen at a minimum.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Moving along, Tyler Boyd had a pretty solid game on Thursday night. Six of nine targets, 91 yards, and a touchdown for 21 points. Tyler Boyd, a player that we've been waiting for a number of years to break through, (laughs) looks like he could be that number two in the aerial attack for Andy Dalton. Can this continue? We've seen John Ross struggle. I don't know, Matt. I think this could be Tyler Boyd's season.
1: No, I mean it, it looks like it is. Um, and I mean, full disclosure: other wrote of his guys were Tyler Boyd truthers. Uh, I, I definitely wasn't. But I mean, the the yeah. evidence at this point suggests uh, clearly, just based on his production and based on the target volume, uh, he is the number two receiver in that offense. Um, John Ross maybe will develop at some point, but uh, Boyd right now is clearly the number two.
3: Yeah. I I agree there and, uh, you know, it was exciting for me to see Boyd, a guy that I've been hoping I liked him coming out of school, so hopefully that can continue to translate. Listen, let me ask a question. Could you uh, expand the space underneath the desk, you know, give it a little more headroom? Got to move on. The George Costanza Slackers of the Week as a reminder. The top three players with surprisingly poor performances. I think that we have to lead off this week with david johnson what is going on in arizona just 13 rushes 48 yards only two targets transmitting into three yards make sense of this for me matt because i don't get it uh so i think there are
1: multiple things going on uh mike Mike mccoy is probably not a good offensive coordinator uh evidenced by the fact that uh he sucked last year and was fired in the middle of the season but um more specifically They don't have a good quarterback, and so other teams are able to stack the box against the run. Um, I don't think they have that good of an offensive line, um, so that factors into this. I don't think they're using him well as a receiver, so in previous seasons, they lined him up um, more in the slot and more out wide. They just did more creative things with him. Um, This year, they're not really targeting him, uh, and they say they're going to change it moving forward, but I kind of doubt that. Um, It seems like if they knew that they needed to do that, they would have known that much sooner. Right. So uh, I'm just a little dubious that this situation is actually going to improve a lot for him. But I still think he's a guy who's going to get the volume. Um, It's like, you know, relative to the other players on that team. I just think that entire offense is going to be depressed.
3: Right. So I think the challenge is, is that workload ever going to be able to get into a range that's going to support an RB1? It might not. I still think you're probably looking at a RB2 type of finish for Johnson unless they can start to uh, do something that's going to put him in positions where he can uh succeed like i'm not sure that moving him out as as a receiver is necessarily going to fix the problem i think you would have to address your issues at quarterback and start to find ways so that's not telegraphed you know so that there's still this good balance between him being a rusher and him being a receiving back and then maybe in the third level of his game, lining up as a pure receiver. So we'll see as things unfold there. Unfortunately, though, it does seem very strongly that you can no longer view him as one of those top three, top four, maybe even top five fantasy backs.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Although I do think, um, I don't think it can really get much worse for him than what we've seen. I think it could get better just in terms of like, you know, some sort of like inherent progression, but then also the switch to Rosen and maybe they do make some adjustments on offense. Like, I think he's actually someone I would try to trade low for if I could get him.
3: Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. I think too, um, you know, you're in a position likely with your team. If you're going to go ahead and do that, where I don't think it's going to make or break your team that trade, because like you said, I think that we're kind of seeing the bottom of what you could expect to get from him. Robbie Anderson through two games, five targets, three receptions, twenty-seven yards. Granted, he did get lucky on his one reception week, one with a touchdown. Uh, I don't know, Matt. This is bad. And noonwalt once again with a big game, eleven targets yesterday, is twenty-one on the season, ninety-two yards yesterday. Anderson again, only uh six targets. Is it time to panic?
1: Yeah, I think it is. He has fewer targets than Terrell Pryor, who was basically like an afterthought. Uh, entering the season like people weren't even talking about prior as someone who would even be like a rotational receiver. So, yeah, I think this is bad. And I think part of it is um, their desire to protect Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, uh, Robbie Anderson's game is going long and out jumping defensive backs uh, and outrunning them because he does have a very good size speed um, like profile but right. um they're just not looking to do that. And Quincy Nuneva is that big bodied guy who plays out of the slot, runs a lot in the middle of the field. Um and you know, they're just looking to pepper him with targets. So yeah, Anderson, I think it's um I think it's definitely a suboptimal situation for his skill set.
3: Yeah, and we've talked about the concept of not giving up on guys too quickly and how you should only cut bait with guys that you liked heading into the season. If there were significant factors pointing to situations being much different than you anticipated. And I think this is one of those situations. There's enough evidence here when you see how, much more this team is willing to go to these other options. And like you said, when you see Terrell Pryor finishing ahead of Anderson on the target totem pole, that is a sign. So I liked Anderson heading into the season. I'm making that mental correction, uh, where at at the current point in time, you know, I don't think he should be making his way into my starting lineups. And later on, we're going to talk about if he should even remain on teams, but we will get to that. Another player that has been a disappointment, Duke Johnson, just three carries and two targets this weekend against the saints on the season has just eight carries eight targets 35 total yards i guess the only thing that we could hope for is with josh gordon no longer in Cleveland, that that can give him some opportunity. What do you think? Is that going to give him any boost? Or uh, if we like to Johnson heading into the season, do we really need to reassess?
1: Yeah, I don't think the Gordon thing factors into it because, I mean, Gordon was inactive last game. And that was when Johnson had just uh, two targets. Um, Correct. Yeah, it's. it's pretty bleak. They're not using him nearly as much as I thought they would. And part of that is because of game flow. I thought they would be losing much more than they would uh, and would need to rely on him. But um, even when they've been in situations where it would make sense, I think for them to be using Johnson a little bit more, they're just not doing it. They're instead choosing to rely on Carlos Hyde. And uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's only two games, but at this point, like it's, I think it's pretty significant. Like I think we've seen um, the Browns, In something that is like representative of who they are going forward. Like, I think they will be able to keep games tight. Um, And I think they have basically been running their offense the way that they like intend to run their offense entering their games. And seemingly that means not giving Duke Johnson the ball.
3: Yeah. So it's going to be a challenge for Duke to get back to relevancy here because unless they decide to make him a priority, which it doesn't seem like they will and it doesn't seem like they have any incentive to do so it's going to be tough for him because even if he's in a situation where game script might dictate looks going his way we know playing with a running quarterback like tyrod taylor that some of those potential targets are going to go away for taylor uh to rush or to scramble so it's going to be uphill sledding for duke johnson i think i'm not sure if i would you know what? I mean, I think at this point, I would drop him if there were other guys out there that I felt like I could need. If I, uh, you know, didn't really like him to be on the waiver wire, I might give him one or two more weeks, but I definitely think he's a cut candidate at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. So just a quick reminder that if you want to help us to continue to grow this channel and to support the 10 plus shows that we're putting out on the RotoViz radio network each week, please head to RotoViz.com. Or excuse me, please head to Patreon. dot uh, com forward slash RotoVis Radio. There's a couple of different options of how you can help support us. You can get access to the Sunday live show that we're doing every Sunday at 11 a.m. It's been a really awesome discussion going on thus far. So please, uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, definitely help us out, support us, go visit us on Patreon, sign up. And also, if you've yet to do so, you need to make sure that you get that 30% discount to an NFL subscription at Rotoviz. We have all kinds of tools this season, so many articles coming out. If you want to dominate your league, you need to check out Rotoviz. So again, get that 30% listener off pass by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
4: Hey, sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. And it's crazy Joe Devola. This is from that kick from that crazy Joe Devola. Yeah. Uh, crazy Joe Devola. <laughs> what guy? Uh, crazy Joe Devola. Crazy, crazy Joe
1: Devola.
3: Oh my God, it's crazy Joe Devola. Joe Devola, crazy stat of the week. And Matt, I didn't play the drop last week, but I got to tell you, we have a fantastic drop, uh, which we're not going to hear live again either. But I enjoyed it. Can you and can you tell me what it is? It's um. It's basically just like every single time that they said like crazy Joe DeVola or uh-huh. crazy Joe or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's just all of them stacked together. That's pretty good. It's crazy because we're going to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick again. So this is a stat that I dug up with 819 yards through the first two weeks. He is the most passing yards in that time frame of any player from 2012. So to start this season through the first two weeks, 819 yards. The closest that a player has come to that was Aaron Rodgers with 813 in 2013. <laughs> Do you want me to comment or I, you have more there or no? Uh, I mean, that was, that was all I had on uh-huh. Patrick. I don't know if you really can comment. I guess the only thing is I bring this up to ask you. I personally think that, yes, we have to now say that the Buccaneers offense is probably better than we thought Still, though, I don't think that we're going to see these totals from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Definitely, though, a guy that maybe somehow could find his way into starting lineups week in and week out. Would you disagree? Uh, I don't disagree. Uh,
1: In fact, I think we might talk about him a little bit more later. That's what we call it. That's what we call a tease tease. in in the biz. But yeah, no, I I agree. Um, It's I mean, it's not it's not altogether shocking because he does have like these um, these spurts where he's fantastic. And then he goes back to sucking. And so, like, we're, you know, we're just in the a middle of a hot streak, but he does have maybe the best, you know, like, cohort of pass catching weapons in the league. You know, like, the only yeah. thing he's really missing um, is a pass catching back, you know, but he's, right. he hasn't seemed to miss it because he's just throwing it so far down the field anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, what we're seeing is, uh, I, certainly like it has to be unrepresentative of anything we can expect, but at the same time, like I wouldn't be surprised if he were awesome last I mean, next week, you know, like that is, that's within the realm of possibility.
3: So we'll see. Yeah, it absolutely is. And then a follow-up stat. So Patrick Mahomes at this point in the young season is throwing a touchdown pass every five and a half passes. That <laughs> also is the best since 2012 and Fitzpatrick, though, is number two if you remove players with less than 10 attempts. So he's still, uh, I think he's at like closer to like seven and a half. So we're seeing a really, really hot start for these two players here. I think naturally they have been some of the most exciting players to begin the season.
1: Yeah. Uh, just, just, just two, two quick things to jump in here. One, uh, at, are you in a dynasty league? I am in a
3: dynasty league. Yeah. Do you own Patrick Mahomes or not? I um, unfortunately do not own Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Okay. So
1: in the main dynasty league I'm in, I own Patrick Mahomes. And the whole time I'm thinking like, I can't imagine being in a dynasty league right now and not having him on my team. Um, because you, I would uh, just feel horrible. Like I'm, like yeah, I'm I destined know. to lose for the next decade. Uh, although that's certainly not accurate. That's the way I think people feel, or at least that's the way I want everyone else in my league to feel. Uh, and then secondly, um, yep. You're going to talk about my bookie later, but I should say that, um, at least earlier today on my bookie, there was a prop that had to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick and it's whether he will throw. Uh, whether like in week three he will have another 400 yard four touchdown game which is just absolutely ridiculous but he's done it two weeks in a row so anyway there there's a prop there as to whether that will actually happen um it's not a big money prop they they limit um yeah the, the amount you can bet but i've i've already bet it and uh, i would bet it again if i could so people can go check that out
3: <laughs> oh i like it So speaking of players like Fitzpatrick that are trending up, Keelan Cole found the end zone against the Patriots yesterday, caught seven of eight for 116 yards. Are you buying Keelan Cole moving forward? I know that you preferred D.D. Westbrook in the past, and I also should point out that Dante Moncrief leads the team in air yards by a pretty wide margin, but people have they've looked at what Cole did to close out the season last year. They were expecting things and he hit in week two. Will this continue?
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, you know, what we have is a guy who is, uh, I think sort of like Tyler Boyd esque in his build. Um, Mm -hmm. he's not like a big guy, but he has like decent enough height. Um, but he has good agility. He had great college production. And over the last, I guess at this point, it's now like seven games in which he's been the number one receiver in that offense he's played like a number one receiver, you know? So yeah, I think he's, he's very much for real.
3: Yeah. And I, I, if you're in a real shallow league, I don't know if it's possible that he could be out there, but I think if he's on your wire in some capacity, you definitely need to make it a priority to go and scoop him up.
1: Yeah. He's, he's out there in
3: one of the leagues I'm in. Wow. Are you going to make the move to Adam? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to. Nice uh you yeah yeah you're gonna want to add him much like a player that has always been a favorite of yours john brown at this point in the season two touchdowns seven targets per game 25 fantasy points how are you feeling about Smokey?
1: feeling pretty good uh until he has a hamstring problem (laughs) you know but until that happens (laughs) uh everything looks good like he's basically the player that he was uh in arizona when he was healthy um, and Flacco is looking pretty good right now. You know, a time might come when Flacco doesn't look as good, and I think that will significantly hurt John Brown. Um, but, you know, everything looks good right now. You know, but it's the beginning of the season. Something's going to have to go wrong at some point. But until that happens, uh, yeah, if you have Brown, and, um, you know, if you find yourself kind of thin at wide receiver, uh, I think you definitely start him. I don't know if he's someone who is actually starter caliber for most of my teams. Um, but I, I think he's probably close to it for a lot of teams.
3: Yeah. And if he does manage to somehow stay healthy and Flacco keeps it up, I think he's one of those guys. If you have on your roster, you get into bye week trouble. You can certainly toss him into your lineup. So there's definitely some worth in owning Brown. Now we need to talk about Philip Lindsay, who we touched upon last week. We were hoping to get some more information to figure out how this backfield is going to shake out. And I actually think we have some pretty solid, but extremely surprising information at this point to put it in perspective, Royce Freeman managed to get that one touchdown, but he's been significantly outworked by Lindsay, who has one receiving touchdown has outrushed Freeman 29 to 23. He has four targets to Freeman's one target and has about doubled him in fantasy points. I got to be honest, I think that this is indicative of at the very least a time share between these two. Yeah. And I don't think that Lindsay's getting phased out.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Uh at this point I don't think he's getting phased out. I think he will get injured at some point. I just I have to believe that a guy that small at some point is going to get injured, but um I mean he he played as a lead back in college. Um he was healthy. I mean, I think the guy he's he's closest to as a comp is Danny Woodhead. Um, just in terms of like the production that he had, the size right. and the speed, um, you know, like Woodhead ran a four, three, eight um, at, you know, a, a comparable size uh, when he was entering the league. Um, yeah. Lindsey's been impressive. Like there's no question about that. And he, he's clearly he's uh, out snapped, out carried and out produced on like an efficiency basis. Royce Freeman, he's clearly been the, the best back there. So yeah, I think they're. I think they're going to continue to give him work because like it would be kind of foolish not to, unless they think that they're at risk of overworking him and they need to kind of uh, use him uh, a little more judiciously. You know, like less like a lead back and more like a kind of Chris Thompson type of player where they really pick their spots with how they use him to try to maximize his usage.
3: Yeah, that that all makes sense, and I will say I expect that Freeman will have to be used in some capacity. So if I'm a Freeman owner, maybe I'm not starting him, but I don't think I'm dropping him yet, especially if we start to see this offense perform and put itself in situations where there's going to be red zone, goal line opportunities. I don't think you're going to see a huge usage for Lindsey there. So I would say hold on to Freeman at this point in time. All you ever talk about is being a pro hockey player, but there's a problem. You're not any good. Three players on the decline. Peyton Barber. Just two and a half yards per carry, no touchdowns, not really mixing in with this uh, aerial attack that we're seeing from the Buccaneers' <laughs> offense. Can we drop Barber? Should we still hold? No, it's painful, but I don't think you can drop him. Like he's gotten uh,
1: 19 touches in in Week One, 18 touches in Week Two. So think about it. Like you have the starting running back on a team that is uh, the highest scoring in the league right now. And he's getting 18 plus touches per game. Like, you have to think that at some point, even if he's running inefficiently, um, he could have a game where he gets two touchdowns. You know, like there, there are good things that could happen. It's just uh, very questionable as to whether you should actually start him. But I don't think there's any way you can drop him. Like, you can't drop a guy who's a starting running back.
3: Yeah, no, you can't drop him. If you look at the opportunity that he's getting, the odds of you finding another player Out there on the waiver wire at any point during the season are very very low so you have to hold him he still is the starting running back could just be starting slow we're probably not going to continue to see as explosive of a passing game as we've seen so i think that you have to hold on to barbara at this point for the very least another week or two really going back to the idea of though there might be other guys that have outproduced him in terms of fantasy points, there are going to be very few guys that you could replace with an equal opportunity, if any. Yeah, John Ross, we talked about Tyler Boyd, who is trending up. I need to bring up John Ross. (laughs) Scored a touchdown week one. It looked like maybe things could go his way at this point. Six targets, just two receptions and 11 yards.
1: Yeah, Um I can't imagine how you, I can't imagine how there's not someone on waivers better than him, you know, in whatever league you're in, there has to be someone on waivers who can contribute more to the team right now, and uh I mean, Ross is a super high upside guy, but even in a best case scenario, I don't think he's going to have like, uh I don't know, I don't think he's going to be like the Will Fuller. Uh, like at least at this point the will fuller to aj green you know what i mean like i just i don't think that's gonna happen because they have tyler boyd who will still significant uh significant targets even if john ross does show that he has like will fuller capability week to week
3: yeah i i agree i think at this point if you're holding on to ross and expecting big things to happen you're still just buying into the hype that at this point is a year or more expired. Uh his long or his longest reception at this point, granted only six targets, which is a problem in itself, is only eight yards. That's not the type of usage <laughs> that you want to see for a player like John Ross. If you're still hoping and you're worried about letting John Ross go because you're thinking about what could be, you need to move past that and just drop him. A receiver that I'm having a harder time figuring out, though, is Jamison Crowder. At this point, only eight targets, five receptions, but just 40 yards, no touchdowns, 12 PPR points. And his weighted opportunity rating at this point is lower than Paul Richardson and Josh Doxon. <laughs> What What do you think of Crowder? I mean, I was hoping that he could rebound this season, but I'm starting to have my doubts. In, and I'm wondering if I was overvaluing him in my mind because I was looking at that offense and assuming that he would need to be heavily targeted.
1: Yeah. um, I've never really been a fan. Uh, And so like, I don't know, I could be like, so I have a very strong Bayesian prior, but really it's probably just like a bias against him. Um, And part of it is that I've never thought that he's actually been that good of a player. I think he's just been like a volume guy. Um, And now, you know, like part of it was that uh, when Paul Richardson was coming to the team, I thought like, okay, Richardson is actually, at least in my mind, like an, an actual talented receiver. Uh, and Jordan Reed is coming back. He's healthy, you know, who knows for how long, but when he's healthy, he is the primary pass catching guy on that team. Uh, and then Josh Dawson, you know, for as, uh, I don't know, disappointing as he's been to this point in his career, he's still going to get some targets because I think they want to see if he can develop into the first rounder that, you know, they, they hoped he would be. So um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think there are enough targets to, um, that are just naturally going to flow away from Jamison Crowder where he's, I like, I can't imagine him being in a starting lineup for me anytime soon. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know if you can really drop him because mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know if there's anyone out there who, um, who does have his, like his track record and, uh, can be such like a, a volume hog under the right circumstances.
3: I think that at this point, you definitely can't start Crowder, but you can't drop him because I doubt that there is a player out there that you have enough information on that it makes yeah. sense to position them ahead of Crowder. Uh, I'm not saying that I expect those players to not arise. I just don't know if there's good enough information to make that move. Yeah,
1: and I hate guys like that. Like I hate having guys like that on my team. And honestly, yep. it, like it's probably best, like just from like a, being aggressive perspective of like choosing the door um, that you don't know, it's probably right. best just to cut him and and maybe you can get something else because like Crowder, I don't even if you're in a situation where it makes sense to put Crowder in your lineup, I doubt you are winning your league, you know? So yeah. like, I think yep. it probably makes sense just to drop him and, and go for someone else who might be better. You know, like someone else who's a hyped guy who just maybe isn't getting his opportunity right now. I I don't know. You know, I'm trying to think of someone who that might be, but there's got to be someone else better on waivers than him.
3: I think what I'm doing with Crowder is I'm giving him one week. I want to see a floor or a minimum of 10 fantasy points from him. And if that does not happen, then I'm going to think about moving on. Yeah. Top three units with favorable upcoming schedules. So again, this goes back to a piece of the weekly Stat Explorer uh, that is now available on Rotoviz that I put together. Does not have a whole lot of information to work with at this point in the season because what uh, the tool is doing is it's looking and analyzing strength of schedule by comparing by comparing a player's average points um, to the amount that he scores against a particular dst and then it's aggregating that uh for each dst to figure out who uh players are struggling to reach their average point totals against now granted we only have two weeks of data to work with so at this point we have to be a little prudent with how we place uh, these findings into practice actually but quick, three- quick question to jump in here sure. are you using any data from last year in this in some capacity i am but it is heavily slanted towards um 2018
1: okay just curious
3: yeah it's kind of um well i won't get into the technical aspects of it right now but it was i I won't get into it It, it's 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 confusing but great question but yeah so this will get this will get more meaningful as we move along yeah so new england their running backs which I think we still, as always, have a very interesting situation. They're going to be facing Detroit, Miami, and Indianapolis, who at this point rank 30, 27th, and 17 in these metrics. So perhaps you can see a big game, a rebound from Rex Burkhead, maybe Sony Michelle hits, and James White, who I think has been decent at this point, probably still seems like another guy that you can keep in your lineups. Cincinnati, they're running backs, who at this point, we have not talked about Geo yet, Matt, but I want to get your thoughts after... I say that they're going to be facing Carolina, Atlanta, and Miami, who rank 21, 22, and 27. Seems like this would be a good time to add Bernard.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, he's someone who's kind of on the list for us to talk about later.
3: Yeah. Then the Pittsburgh wide receivers are facing Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Baltimore, 25, 24, and 22. So perhaps you could chase after James Washington. If you have Juju or Antonio Brown, who you're going to be playing, you're probably feeling pretty good about them to continue. And perhaps that could even extend into uh, if you're looking for a spot start, a streamer, and uh, Burger is somehow available, or perhaps you're rolling with two quarterbacks might be a guy that you want to look toward. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, will look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league's settings. The recommendations of trades, that is really cool. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to squadql.com to download SquadQL. You're all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free on both Apple and Android. And we've already mentioned them once, but my bookie, is the site that I personally use. I know a lot of road of his guys do as well. We've talked about this before, but the important thing, in addition to the teams that you're betting on, is where you're placing these bets. I look for a couple of things. I like to be able to place a variety of bets. I think that player props are really cool. I like to be able to bet as games are moving along. You can do all of that at my book, and you can trust that you're going to get their your payouts, which is hugely important. So I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag. As I mentioned, in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and you fantasy players, you can bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score. So join now and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code ROTOVIS to activate your offer. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code RotoViz. Just to add something quick in there, you mentioned the
1: uh fantasy point player props. Um yep. people should definitely check those out. I don't want to say too much, but Duke Johnson was pretty cheap. Had a pretty low, pretty low point total. Even though he had a bad game, he still hit the over. That's all I'm saying. So people you, uh, should people should check those out. Okay. You had a good weekend, I take it, huh? It was a very good weekend. People should check those out.
4: Hey sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
3: Top three units with difficult upcoming schedules. The Cleveland Browns running backs face the Jets, the Raiders, and the Ravens 15-3-1. Of course, uh, the Ravens are probably benefiting from the fact that they played the Bills. But um, if you were hoping for Duke Johnson to somehow emerge at this point, yet another thing that is not going to uh make that forecast look any more appealing the buffalo running backs face minnesota green bay and tennessee 216 and four not a good scenario for any of you that drafted the mccoy early looks like he does not have broken ribs but um we'll take a second here he Matt. Just, how are you feeling he has about a McCoy? broken
1: soul <laughs> that's what he has <laughs> I, I yeah. have McCoy sadly in a dynasty league and in a redraft league, and I'm not feeling too good about that. So,
3: yeah, I would I would yeah. not either. Are you going to be still starting him, or you think at this point McCoy is not even like a, <laughs> I don't know a guaranteed start? I would say no. I I don't I don't think I can.
1: Um, in the dynasty league, it, uh, starting kind of doesn't matter because it's uh, head to head best ball. But yep. um, yeah, in the redraft. I started him the last couple of weeks, and it's just, it's bad. And they're playing Minnesota this week, right? That's what you have. Yep. Um, no, I don't think I can play him against
3: Minnesota. No, you definitely cannot. Uh, another unit is the LA Chargers receivers who will face the Rams, San Francisco, and Oakland, who are 2-4-3. and three. And as an added bonus this week, I also wanted to drop in the Houston wide receivers who will be facing the Giants, the Colts, and the Cowboys, who are five, nine, and one. Uh naturally though, I think that these segments will carry more weight as the season moves along.
0: The Bears
3: are who we thought they were. To bring us to the segment that everybody has been waiting for. <laughs> Friedman's number one waiver priority. Who is it, Matt? Uh okay. So I have uh, a list here. You
1: can listen to the paper. Okay. I have a list there. Um, Wow. Sort of broken up by position. Okay. So I love it for running back. uh, I think I would go with geo obviously. And I think he is on a lot of waivers because I think there were people who uh, drafted him and then saw how little he was used in week one and dropped him to pick up someone else. So I think he's available. And uh, when he's been healthy and used in lieu of some other big bodied back who's been limited or out. He's actually been given pretty significant carries. Uh, so he's interesting. I mean, Fitzpatrick, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, if you're, you might as well look to stream him if you can get him. Um, I think he's going to keep the job. I, I mean, Dave, what do you
3: think? Do you think he's going to keep the job? I actually do. I mean, I don't see any reason that you take him out at this point, especially from an organizational standpoint where you're going to be moving on from Jameis Winston, I have to imagine. So I think if Fitzpatrick's (laughs) out there, you've got to add him. There's no reason not to. I mean, it's so
1: the Jameis thing is so interesting because like we assume that like it was always contingent, like moving on from him was contingent on what happened this year. But if they're not going to give him an opportunity this year, that means they basically have to move away from him. So then the question is do you decide to move away from him based on what you've seen from Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, from last year and what he's done in practice and then what he's done in two games? Like, are you really going to bench? And then obviously, other things go into this, like all of the off the field things with Winston. Those are huge. Yeah. But like, do you bench your number one pick um and the guy you hope would be a franchise quarterback do you bench him because a bearded guy from harvard who's a journeyman <laughs> and like clearly is not like the long-term future of your franchise because he's had two big games like i don't know if you do but at the same time like his teammates love him like yeah they have like he has he has earned their love in two games in a way that winston never could in the like three years he's been a starter you know what i mean like right th- like they are legitimately excited about what is happening with fitzpatrick on the field you know and you compare that to winston like who was like trying to concoct all of these stupid things like putting the w out of his mouth like what was that you know like it's just like they are so different stylistically and then like, like just in terms of who they are as people and then what they are doing on the field. And Fitzpatrick is like energizing these playmakers around him. Whereas it just seemed for years, like uh, the teammates have been trying not to hate Jameis Winston for his inability to, to get the ball to them where they need it.
3: Yeah. I'll just add to that too. Having paid significant attention to uh, Jameis Winston's career he just doesn't has not progressed yeah I think that's the biggest problem you have to have too if you're if you're Tampa Bay I mean I, really going back to his college career in his first couple of starts as a freshman at FSU I would say he was about 85 percent good as good as he is now and there's yeah. just not been a progression year in and year out and if I'm the Bucks I'm probably looking at this and saying I think we've kind of maxed out what we can get from him
1: Yeah, what's, what is kind of scary in all of this, I think, is that, um, Yeah, I mean it's it's very similar to what you're saying. I'm just repeating it basically and phrasing it differently. But like what he was in college, a guy who is very talented and had potential, but had also off the field concerns and inaccuracy issues. Like, what a surprise. That's exactly what he's been in the NFL. You know, like who could have seen this coming? But you know, it's like, you know, three years later and this is who they have, and it's like they should have known that this was likely the guy that they were getting and i think they're they're surprised that this is who he is
3: i mean i think that that is really what it boils down to but i think that's enough talk about fitzpatrick and winston give me your running back waiver (laughs) uh
1: okay so geo was was the guy for running oh wait sorry sorry sorry, you're running wide receiver receiver. uh, keelan cole and and we talked about him okay i think he's legit yep I mean, right. that's, that that's longest. I think he's legit. He, he he's produce, legit. When Matt he, says he that produce, about him, he yeah. He produced in college. You know, he doesn't have the speed, but you know, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't matter for some players. And he's agile enough and like technician enough. And oh, that catch was amazing. The like, yeah, you know, it was like, the, it really the was cut. And like, what was I think even especially amazing was like he caught it. He had the wherewithal to continue to pull the ball away from the defender and then to switch hands as he was falling to the ground like that was an amazing catch like a guy who can do that like he's he's legit
3: yeah i think that pretty much sums it up do you have a tight end for us
1: no i don't tight ends all right yeah tight ends. yeah
3: who cares that's fine um fantasy games of the upcoming week uh, again, each week I'll be identifying one or two games. That I think will have uh widespread fantasy implications probably should be good games to watch too. So Sunday at one, we have the saints versus the Falcons. Uh, Atlanta is favored uh, by three points in that contest. It isn't Atlanta. So that shouldn't come as a surprise. And then Monday night, it's weird, but the Buccaneers Steelers game is actually going to yeah. be very interesting. We have a Tampa Bay team trending upward. We have a pit team that looks like they're struggling. There's a lot of questions there. They're only favored by one and a half. Granted, it is at Tampa Bay, but isn't that just an odd thing to be saying? In I we're only one season removed from the Steelers looking really, really good, almost making to the Super Bowl had things panned out a little bit differently
1: uh yeah i'm just looking at this like um pit favored only by one and a half i i mean i'm probably the fish on this but i feel like i have to bet that oh Um, no i'm definitely i'm definitely banging the Steelers on this one man and then uh saints i like i like the saints there um although i think i think that one's kind of hard to pick but both of those i think should be high scoring games like definitely for like uh dfs purposes i think those are games you want to attack
3: yeah absolutely so sunday the game i will be watching uh is the saints versus the falcons and that brings us to the tough call where each week we'll be fielding a question related to roster management type of decisions and taking you through the logic that we would employ if this was our team and this week this is a personal question matt because the team that i have drafted for okay. my father-in-law who is off in spain is in absolute shambles we're zero to easily the worst team in the league. The top three picks that I've made are no longer playing because they were Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon, and Devontae Freeman. (laughs) Tell me what I can do here. The wide receivers are Crabtree, Crowder, Will Fuller, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, and Robbie Anderson. Running backs, again, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon no longer on the team. Matt Breida, Lamar Miller, Peyton Barber. What do I do? Do I drop? a couple of the receivers to take a shot at running back? Do I just shift things around? The other challenging thing is it's half-point PPR, but you can only play two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, then um, I don't think it's maybe quite as bad as it seems because yep. y- you have to fill only th- the five spots. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Bell is coming back at some point, right? <laughs> like I imagine Hopefully. he's coming back at some point. Yes, we, we assume um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it, who like who's on waivers, and who would you be able to trade to upgrade this this
3: mess that you have? See, th- this is this is ultimately the problem. On waivers, there are no attractive running backs to add, and I don't know anything about trading with these people. So that kind of the thought process I have now is that. I stopped playing Jamison Crowder. I stopped playing Robbie Anderson. I'm basically going to go with Crabtree, Cup, and Godwin. And at this point, just fill Lamar Miller and Matt Breida. And I think that should be okay. And I'm just going to have to start taking shots. So I do think I'm actually going to drop Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder and take shots at running back or try to find another wide receiver. Although I really haven't looked at the wire yet. But do you think that kind of makes sense going with that approach? Uh, or do yeah. you think I need... Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Oh no. I was just going to close off by saying, or do you think that I need to keep one more of those receivers? Like would having Crabtree, uh, cup and Godwin not be enough?
1: No, I mean, and Fuller's in there. I think you should be starting oh, right. Fuller. Fuller's in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably start Fuller over Godwin. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think those four are not bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, maybe I would, I would just sit with that one more week, just depending on the wide receivers available on waivers. Right. But you know, like, um, some of those guys you mentioned, like three of those wide receivers with Breda and Lamar Miller, like you can, you can work with that. Like that, that might not be bad. And like maybe a week from now, Crowder and Robbie Anderson look much better.
3: Yep. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So, so I think this is kind of an example of you have a case where you could kind of panic very early on. uh, But I probably don't want to do too much tinkering because if I take a step back, this team isn't as quite as bad. And maybe I've hit bad variants the first couple of weeks and bell is going to come back. Maybe Friedman comes back, but I do find this kind of comical that uh, we actually were on a, um, I guess like a uh, video call uh, very briefly with him on Sunday. And he asked how the team was going. So I just said, superb. (laughs) Yeah. Just, so just keep lying. Yep. Yep. That's what you got to do. Uh, and you know what, though, to help me with um some of those starter decisions, we do have to mention that there's an exciting new site out called fantasymath.com, which takes the who do I start decision every week and can help you make those big calls. No need to choose between player X and player Y. Put your matchup into fantasy math and let it help with those big calls. It players variability, whether you're the favorite correlations across your matchup, all considerations like that uh, fantasy math will take into account to help you make the right lineup call. And it's also matchup specific. So again, it's looking at your lineup, your opponent's lineup, a variety of different factors to help you make the best decision, really cool stuff. So I I suggest at the very least, making sure that you go to fantasymath.com to check out the site and learn more about it. Really exciting stuff there. And right now, Rotovis listeners get a season membership for just $20 by using the link fantasymath.com don't miss out that's rotoviz.fantasymath.com hello you play to win the game so very very quick bonus round here josh gordon of the patriots thoughts love it it's gonna end either one of two ways yeah me too listen if you can somehow get your way into josh gordon maybe not making a huge trade uh, i would take the shot i think that uh as Matt said, it's going to go one of two ways, but if it goes well, I think it's going to go tremendously well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. However, it turns out.
3: I just, I want to see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Uh, how good is Tevin Coleman going to be? Uh, if we do see a situation where Freeman misses like six to eight weeks in that stretch is Coleman in RB one. Oh, definitely. I I think he's top 10 easy. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I think I have Coleman on a lot of teams. Um, And now the fact that the backfield is his, I am extremely excited. Uh, If you have Coleman, you're in for a nice stretch. I mentioned this before, but uh, Alshon Jeffrey week to week, Mike Wallace is silent. What does this mean for Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar? And are there any other players in that offense that you feel good about?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Ertz and Aguilar are going to continue to get tons of targets, uh, which is awesome for them. I think they're both uh, quality plays. Uh, Not too interested in other wide receivers there. Um, You know, like DeAndre Carter was someone who's like, uh, you know, (laughs) hold the the, the silent flame for him for years, but I don't think that's going to happen. Not super interested in any of the uh, other wide receivers there
3: yeah I'm kind of with you there I don't think that it's worth it to take a shot on anybody else naturally if you have one of these guys uh, you're probably in line for a lot of points the Monday night challenge so last week you and I went opposite directions I took the Bears to cover three and a half which I actually do not know anything about Monday night's game I have that on the DVR so we won't mention that so we'll have the result of that next week we briefly touched upon our picks here, but Tampa Bay versus the Steelers. Steelers are favored by one and a half. Who are you picking, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I have to go Steelers. I don't feel totally good about it, but I feel decent. All right, so we're both going to be on the Steelers
3: next week, and we're we'll oh, making what? These- actually. What yep. do we ha- do? We have to, to pick that, or can we take the total? Um, I hadn't even considered taking. No, let's let's go with the teams. I think it's more interesting if we if we go with the teams.
1: Okay but, but for the, actually, you know what? Maybe we should just do
3: both. Let's just do both.
1: Yeah. I would, I would take, um, Pittsburgh and I would take the over. I say it without even knowing right now what the, the over is. Um, it's 53 and a half, which is pretty high, but I think I would still take the over.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. I'm definitely taking the over on that as well. So, (laughs) so we're in step here this week. But, um, and that was so
1: fishy of both of us, but it's fine. I think it's going to work
3: out, which a yeah. fish would say before he gets eaten. I don't know. I, I, I'm i fine being a fish on this pick, but, yeah. uh, yeah, we'll see how we do. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Once again, I'm Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at Dave Cabin F My co-host was Matthew Friedman, who you can follow at Matt F the Oracle. Don't forget to call in to nine, seven, eight, nine, two, five, seven, six, two, eight, and give us your tough calls of the week this has been RotoViz radio please subscribe to the podcast leave us a review and be sure to tune in next week also sign up for patreon and remember it's not a fantasy if you believe it Thank you for listening to Roto-Viz Radio. Please rate, review, and contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio and support the pod by subscribing to Roto-Viz at a 30% discount through the listener homepage at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.